Okay, 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 okay. And we are live to Fit Sam Community, where she begs for nothing. She believes she can have everything, and she knows for a fact that she is a good thing. So we're just going to wait a few minutes for some people to join us online, y'all. Tonight, we are talking about accepting grace. Come on, somebody. Like, if someone's ever doing something that um, irritates me, I always just say grace. Because I remember the grace that the Lord has given me. So I must show that same grace and that same love to someone else. So today we're actually going to talk about Job and Estra. So y'all, if you're not already on my um, live podcast, which happens daily and weekly, and it's live if you ever want. If you ever online and miss a podcast, you can always go to FitSam Community on Apple and Spotify to catch our daily encouragement. We all need some Jesus. So let's pray. And then we're going to jump straight into the word. Today, the word is coming from Genesis 33, Jacob and Ezra. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come to you right now, we just want to say thank you. Father, I don't know what some of your children have faced today, Father, but I do believe that they are on this podcast and on this live to hear a word from you. So, Father, I just ask that you would penetrate their soul. Father, Holy Spirit, come in right now and do what only you can do. We thank you. We glorify you. All the honor, the glory, and the power belongs to you, Father. Mm. May this seed end on fertile ground. Thank you, Lord. Less of me, more of you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Are y'all ready? Because this is about to be juicy. I got my sister online with me. Hey, Destiny. So this is what we're learning about today. And I just absolutely love the demonstration of this book. I did not um, explain it. It's the Good and Beautiful Bible Study a really good sister of mine gave it to me, I think, for my birthday or a gift. It was a gift. I know that. But I absolutely love it. And I thought, why not share it with everyone else? Like, I feel like sometimes the Bible can definitely be overwhelming. And this book literally breaks it down to the T. So if you guys want to buy it, it's a white cover. It's called The Good and Beautiful Bible Study. But Jacob and Ezra, this is the beautiful illustration that they have showing us today it looks like someone walking in snow I, w- I would say dragging their feet a little bit and it's dark they're in something dark their head is being covered they're walking through some type of desert that's what i'm gonna call it that's really what it looks like for my people online y'all can see it um my people on my podcast right now y'all can't really see it but accepting grace all right So it says, after stealing his brother Ezra's inheritance, Jacob lives life under threats and learns what it means to accept grace from his advisories. Does anyone know how to accept grace from advisories? What is advisories? Advisories. Let's look it up. I don't have my other phone. Well, we can't really look it up right now. But... Um, we're going to look up the true definition of advisories. Um, again, the word is coming from Genesis 33. So if you have your Bible, go ahead. Let's turn to it. Jacob looks up and there was Ezra 
coming with his 400 men. So he divided the children among Leah, Rachel, and the two female servants. He put the female servant and their, chil- and their children in front, Leah and her children next, and Rachel and Joseph in the rear. He himself went on ahead and bowed down to the ground seven times as he approached his brother. But Ezra ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arm around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. Then Ezra looked up and saw the woman and children. Who are these with you? He asked. Jacob answered, They are children of God, of God has graciously given your servant. When the female servant and their children approached and bowed down, next Leah and her children came and bowed down. Last of all came Joseph and Rachel, Rachel, talking about Rachel, Rachel, and they too bowed down. Ezra asked, what is the meaning of all the flocks and the herd I've met? To find favor in your eye, my Lord, he said. But Ezra said, I already have plenty. My brother, keep what you have for yourself. No, please, said Jacob. If I have found favor in your eye, accept this gift from me. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God. Um. I'm going to seeing the face. It's like seeing the face of God. And now that you have received my favor, my favorable, please accept this present. They was bought to you for God has been gracious to me and I have all I need. And because Jacob insists, Ezra accepted it. Then Ezra said, let us be on our way. I'll accompany you. But Jacob said to him, my Lord, my Lord knows that the children are tender and that I must care for for them, the cow, the nurse, whilst they are younging. Oh, attend to the cows whilst they are nursing. If they are driven hard, just one care Oh, Lord. Uh, words are like scrambling together in my head. I'm going to get it together. Where's my words? Mm-hmm. This is um, grace right here, y'all. Grace. Give me grace. Um, <laughs> I must care for the cow. Okay. And nurse them at their young. Okay. If they are driven hard just one day, all the animals will die. So let my Lord go on ahead of your servant while I move along slowly at the pace of the flock and herd before me and the pace of the children while I come to my Lord. Ezra said, let, then let me leave some of my men with you. But why do that? Jacob asked. Just let me find favor in your eye, my Lord. So that day... Ezra started on his way back. Jacob, however, went to, oh, this big word. We're going to call this one S today. He went to S where he built a place for himself and made shelter for his livestock. Mm. That is why the place is called S. Y'all go to Genesis 33 and read it and y'all will figure out the word. Okay. Okay, great. Um, After Jacob came... He arrived safely from the city of another S 
in Canaan and camped within the site of the city. For a hundred pieces of silver, he bought from the son of Hamar, the father of S, the plot of ground where he pitched his tent. There he sat up on the altar and called it El Ohi Israel. Mm. Okay, for those that's new to the podcast and to the live Bible study, let me tell y'all something. I really believe the Lord, you know, he didn't really talk to them about my pronunciation and my English, you know, because these big words, like, I finally came to a realization that I can just call it S, I can call it P, I can call it Q if I don't know it, because if I don't know the word, Lord, I'm going to be sitting here (laughs) calling it all type of words. So that's just for my newcomers. So if I say S or if I say something, that means you got to go do your Bible study and you got to go do your extra research. And what is this S word Sam is talking about? I promise you it's going to stick out to you. Okay. All right. So now that we uh, have read what the Bible said, I, I like reading what the Bible says and then actually go to the outline of how they explain it. So be prepared. We have about four pages today. Um, I'm excited to Bible study with you all. So, born to Rebecca and Isaac. Jacob was the the younger twin of his brother, Ezra. The The story of his birth gives the reader some immediate clues to the complex status he will hold in life. God tells Rebecca that the two born of her will be separated and that one people will be stronger than the other. The older will serve the younger as the twins are delivered. Jacob comes out clutching the heel of his brother Ezra. This birth account set the stage for a winding a winding tale of mistakes, trauma, wounds and transformation okay so i want to run it back real fast even the, the, the first part of it it says god tells rebecca that two that the two born of her will be separated and that one people will be stronger than the other and the older will serve the young the youngest the younger as the twins are delivered. Jacob comes out clutching, clutching the heel of his brother Ezra. So if the Lord tells Rebecca, you know, they're going to be separated and the younger is going, the oldest is going to serve the younger. In this context, it already came to the point where they're already somewhat attached because it says, as the twins were delivered, Jacob comes out clutching the heel of his brother. Hmm. The birth account sets the stage. So this is so the Lord already said this is this is what's gonna happen. This is just this is just what's gonna happen, right? So this is just what's gonna happen. The older is going to serve the younger. Normally, if a twin, whoever comes out, you know. I don't believe in putting certain titles like just because someone is younger, I mean, I mean, or older means they're going to do something more brilliant. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes in cases, in my cases, well, 
the youngest, like we are very ambitious, we're driven, we're passionate. But in this case, the Lord is already telling her what's going to happen, y'all, like literally. But then he goes and says that the twins that were delivered comes out and he's holding on to the heel of his brother in this in this case. So the birth account set the large stage for the winding tale of mistakes, trauma, wounds, and transformation. Um, hmm. There, Segar was... Y'all remember what I said earlier, S, okay? Their S begins as Jacob, jealous of his brother, birthright as the firstborn, set out the steal set out to steal a blessing of inheritance met for Ezra. Mm. In a moment, that sound as fair-fledged as it does dramatic. Mm. So Jacob jealous. Jacob is jealous and then now he's going to steal something from his brother, the inheritance that's left for his brother. You know, he's going to take it. Okay, we understand. Jacob tricks his aging, semi-blind father by impersonating Ezra during the blessing revival. Y'all, virtual. Mm. Wow. So Jacob, y'all, we got to do our homework on Jacob, the characteristic of Jacob, because... Uh, okay, let's finish reading. Let's finish reading because I got questions already and I'm only on the second passage. Okay, so Jacob tricks his aging semi-blind father by impersonating Ezra doing a blessing ritual. That This act on the blessing upon Jacob, which by which Ezra is understandable in rage. All right, Lord, Holy Spirit... I need you to come in and to help me in this moment because it's not clicking. It's not clicking. I got questions. With his life under threat by Ezra, Jacob's flees. The estranged brother spends many years apart, building their own families and their own wealth. Jacob continues his pattern of in desperate, desperate by bid after bid to provide for his own worthiness to himself and others. Ah, okay. It's clicking. In doing so, he embroils himself in a numerous deadly conflict, all the while never quite escape the cast of Ezra's shadow. Wow. The height of their conflict reaches a peak as Jacob learns that Ezra is coming with 400 men to extra ooh, to revenge on his family. Jacob splits up his wife and his children as their servant, commands them stay behind and walk ahead to meet Ezra's company. He is prepared to die at the hand of his brother. In the beginning, y'all I think what, what got me, what threw me off. Um I'm sorry if I confused y'all. The Lord already told his mom what's getting ready to happen. And then the Lord explains, well, the story explains how Jacob took something from Ezra, something that in, in the family inheritance that belongs to Ezra, Jacob went and took it because of his own worthiness. Like he, he's trying to, he's desperate. 
He's desperate. It says he's desperate and desperate bid after bid to provide his own worthiness to himself and others. In doing so, he embroils himself in a numerous deadly conflict. Okay, so he, that's pride right there, right? Okay, we we all know about pride. We, we're trying to break that spirit in Jesus' name. Um, so now his brother is coming with an army, like the Lord has already said, you know, and um, Jacob is telling his wife and his his service, his wives and his children and their servants and command, commanding them to stay back and walk out ahead. So he's putting their life in danger. He's saying to... Wow. Jacob splits up his wives and his children and their servants, commands them to stay behind and walk out ahead to meet Ezra's company. He is prepared to die at the hand of his brother. So he splits them up because he knows what's getting ready to happen. Mm-hmm. But Jake, but Jacob does not get what he expects. Instead of being met with violence and rage, the story says that Ezra ran to meet Jacob and embraced him. He threw his arm around his neck and kissed him, and they wept. What Jacob anticipated as the end of the road, the death of the blessing, the loss of the promise, was not the final word. We just want to thank God for his word and his promise and his people and his faithfulness because his brother could have went at this so many other ways, but instead he showed him favor and showed him love. Still perhaps perhaps on account of traumas that he carries, Jacob does not fully recognize the grace that Ezra offers him. He still feels the pull of old fears and insecurities. Ezra offers to travel alongside, but Jacob responds by saying, so let my Lord go on ahead of his servant while I move along slow at the pace of his flock and the herd before me. And according to the pace of the children, Jacob is communicating something about his own fear indirectly. He is anticipating even after Ezra's embrace that His brother will come up from behind to kill him as if the grace is too good to be true or too far-fetched to be trusted. So Jacob got some pride issues and some insecurities and some trauma for real. Mm -hmm. He's not understanding the love. Just imagine if your brother or sister does something really bad to you. You know, they know they did something bad to you. And you being a child of God, like, I'm pretty sure he was a, he knew God, you know. But his brother represented the love of God and the grace of God and, you know, the favor of God. He blessed him by not killing him, by not going after him in what he anticipated. Instead, he showered him with love. But still, Jacob thought that his brother was still going to kill him, still going to come behind his back. Like, I feel that selfishness as well. I mean, y'all can talk to me and let me know um, how y'all feel about that. But I definitely feel like that's a little um, of selfishness because it's like, yo, I just gave you all this love and you think I'm still going to come kill after? Nah, I'm all 
I mind you, some people is envy like that. They'll put on a front. But in this case, the story clearly shows out how his brother showed him favor. You know, um, Jacob is wrong. Instead of re- reacting, is its reunion of abandonment. It is affliction. Relationship is both restored and reconciled. He has to learn how to accept the grace. So this is a relationship, you know, um, I really do believe in reconciliation um, because I've seen it happen in my own family. It takes a minute for reconciliation to kick in for the other party that may be insecure, that doesn't know what it feels like to have the grace of God put upon their life, that maybe always have to defend their self or, you know, always have to prove themselves. So for Jacob, instead of um, instead of him seeing it as reassured and reconciled, they're saying that he has to learn how to accept grace from an unexpected source. I'm going to do more homework on this story because it, it seems juicy. I want to know what's up um god so that was that's how they explained it so now it's in today's time they're going to break it down to us and yes yes thank you you just took the words out of my mouth accepting grace is difficult when your conscience is eating you up yes so you cannot accept the reconciliation because your conscience is eating you up you don't have control over that And when you take power and take control and authority over your conscious, then we can start to see things change. Because all of us have a conscious mind that's possibly telling us something else or something that's not true, but grace. (laughs) Literally grace. You can see the reconciliation in every every situation. You can see the song says, I've seen broken bodies heals. I've seen family reunited. I've seen addicts finally free. Don't you tell me he can't do it. Like, that's the Lord. But I love how you worded that. That just that's exactly what I was trying to say. So thank you. All right. So in today's time, God seems to pay particular attention to people and the character of Jacob is not expectation. His story is marked by self-doubt, insecurity, and fraud. The choices he makes through his life, his life are not parable of virtue or exemplary exemplary (laughs) in any way. Yet his role in the formation of the Jewish people could not be overstated. Not long before the beginning of our passage, he was renamed Israel by an angel while going on to be the father of the 12 tribes of Israel. Wow. I think it all just clicked who Jacob truly is. Okay. These are the kind of complex people that are mixed up in God's story. As we recall our own memories of crisis, we may discover there there is a part of Jacob in all of us. Literally, we just said that. Many of us know exactly what it's like to come out into the world clenching the ankle of someone else's promise and someone else's blessing. Others others of us have been 
Wow, this is a big word. A, because of who we are or what we look like, still some of us are faced with the consequence of our own mistake. Mm. Confronted with the ways we have been, we have hurt others. Wow. Y'all, okay. I want to read this again. It says, wow. I I think I'm going to have to get me like another phone to pronounce words for me because it it's this is deep it says still some of us are faced with consequences of our own mistakes confronted with the ways we have hurt other people our consequences sometimes are confrontations of the ways we hurt other people so we may have been there before in some way shape or form that's powerful Honestly, if you really take an account of your life, like something of that it, it, it is reflective within, within all of us. Yes, God's word will be fulfilled no matter what in Jesus name. Catch that. Amen. The grace of this story for our lives today is that just as Ezra looks at Jacob with unexpected tenderness. The heart of God also sees something different about ourselves than we do. Jesus loves us, y'all. If no one told you today that Jesus loves you, like Jesus loves you. God loves you. He sent his only begotten son. That whosoever shall believe in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That is love. And it says it right here. The way we see ourselves is totally different than how God sees us. A hundred percent different. You might think that you're not doing... I'm going to speak for myself. I may think that I'm not doing good enough. I may think that I'm not where I want to be. I may think that, do I really make a difference? But literally... I I can tell myself, yes, but God sees me way better than the image that I see my own self. And that goes for you. Like, God sees you. You, We we are the apple of his eye. I I love that God sees me. Like, he sees my heart. He sees me trying. And he sees you. He sees you on this um, Bible study tonight with all my mismatched words. Like, your, your spirit is receiving this. You may not understand, but your spirit is receiving all of it. And he's he wants to tell you, we've been hearing it all. Like he's a forgiving father. He loves you. Oh, I love that. God sees something different in ourselves other than we do. That's beautiful. When we are haunted by the ghosts of our past, unconvicted, and convinced that our traumas are eternal. God sees us with an eye for beauty. Oh my gosh, that makes me so it's It just makes my heart so happy. Like God sees us for beauty. It is this grace that gives Jacob cause to explain, exclaim to Ezra. For to see your face is like seeing the face of God. For God has been gracious to me. Jacob learns to accept grace. Mm. 
like Jacob, when we internalize the limitation belief that love is scarce and that our worst mistakes define our stories indefinitely, we have a God who gentle, who gently intervenes to remind us that we are wrong. The opportunity in this story is to remember that not only is there grace available to us, but we must also learn to accept it in all forms it may come. Y'all need to, we need to breathe together because that is beautiful. I like, we have to, we have to learn how to accept grace. You know, I'm going to read this last passage again. Like Jacob, we have internalized the limit, the limiting belief that God is scarce and that our worst mistake defines our stories indefinitely. It doesn't. We have a God who gently who gently intervenes to remind us. So this is a reminder for somebody today. Somebody's going to hear this message today, right now, tomorrow, next week. Like you're gonna hear this message right on time. I know I'm hearing it right on time. Um, that we have a God who gently intervenes to remind us that we are wrong. Our stories, our worst mistakes does not define us. Our No, our past does not define us. Like, don't, why are we holding on to something that God has control over, you know? The opportunity in this story is to remember that not only is there grace available to us, but must we must learn how to live in it in all forms it may come. Wow. Now we understand the picture. All right. So we're ending. We're coming to a close. This is the picture. So we're going to reflect now. It says... Let's pause, let's reflect, let's sit up straight, let's take a deep breath. Invite the Lord to come in and to speak to you. I'm going to ask you guys a few questions and just allow the Lord to speak to your heart right now. Um, Where does your own story feel complicated? Are there ways in which you feel burdened by your past? Mm. Give it to the Lord. I will ask the question again so that the Lord may hear it on your behalf. Where does your own story feel complicated? Where in your life feels complicated? Where? Are there ways in which you feel burdened by your past? What in your past is holding you back? What is it that is burdening burdening you from the next step, the next season, the next day, the next smile, the next joy, the next acceptance of grace. Where in your past do you feel that? What do you feel like is holding you, holding me back from my 
Like, what is holding me back and from my past that I just cannot let go? What is it? Ask the Lord to search your heart. Mm. Give it to him. Give it to him. Do you believe love is abundant? I'm starting to learn that from the Lord. I'm really starting to learn that. He really loves us, y'all. Like, he really does. What prevents you from accepting grace for yourself, from others, and from God? I feel like that's a question we need to take to the Lord, for sure. What prevents me? Don't I'm not even going to say you, because you got to ask yourself right now. Take a moment. Ask yourself. What prevents me from accepting grace from others and from God? Hmm. I don't know about y'all, but the Holy Spirit is speaking to me. I want to cry. That's crazy. Wow. I want to encourage y'all today in this moment. And we're going to pray in a second and be done. But first and foremost, thank y'all for tuning in. Thank y'all for Hearing what it is that the Lord has to say to you tonight. Um, Right when I asked the Holy Spirit to speak on my behalf because I wasn't understanding, he revealed himself. I automatically went from 100 to about 25. I was able to really calm down. Um, But I want to encourage you all that we are love. We're not just love this much, like this much. We don't have to search for love from no one. Like God loves you. God loves me. Like he loves us and he cares and he doesn't want anything from our past to burden us. He doesn't want anything from our past to hinder us from seeing the amount of love, the abundant love that he has for us. And if something from your past is holding you back or if something from your past is making you feel like something's just not clicking, Lord, I just don't get it. Like if you feel that burden on your shoulder, if you feel that pain, if you feel that hurt, Whatever it is that you feel, you have to remember, like, this is not by coincidence. God loves you. And he wants us to accept grace for ourselves, And he wants us to show it to others. He wants you to know that you are right where you're supposed to be. He wants you to know that no one can take away what is already ordained for you. He wants you to know that, yes, you are chosen. He wants you to know that you're the apple of his eye. He wants you to know that your past can never hinder you from what he already have planned for you. He wants you to know that. It's not by coincidence that we are here today. 
even on this live. Like, it's not by coincidence. Like, it's not by coincidence. So give it to him. Give it to him. Give him the burden. And ask him, what is preventing me, Lord? What is preventing me from accepting your grace? What is preventing me? Be selfish for a second, Lord. What is preventing me from accepting your grace? Because if I know what is preventing me, maybe that can help somebody else. You can tell them your story. You can tell them where you're at. You can help them break free and accept that grace for themselves. Take that burden of the world off their shoulder. I love y'all. Thank y'all so much for tuning in. We're going to pray and be encouraged. Okay. Gracious God, I open myself to you amidst all the wrongdoing. May I seek to know your love is abundant. Today and tomorrow, may I see the world with your eyes. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good night, loves.